Stardate, still in the 21st century. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny and sometimes smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. I am Lore. No, I am Data. Nope, I am your captain, Mariah Gossett. And with me on the view screen is... Clyde Haynes. Take a look. It's in a book. The Reading Rainbow. Wow, wow. And I am your attack tribble, Paul Satachin. Woo! Short, Woo, sweet, cute, tribbles. and crazy. <laughs> we love an attack tribble on this uh, this pod right here. Uh, tonight we will be reviewing and discussing the sixth episode of the final season of Star Trek Picard, entitled The Bounty, which was directed by Dan Liu and written by Christopher Monfetti. Um, just a couple of reminders before we dig into the main event here. Um, Paul, can you tell folks how they can find us on the internet? Sure. Uh, if you wanted to su- subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to us. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, uh, go on to Apple, YouTube, uh, Spotify. All links are at StarTrekPod.co. And if you love our content for just two dollars, uh, you can join our Patreon per uh, two per episode at uh, Patreon.com. Star Trek slash Star Trek Pod. Man, that was like I- I'm sorry. They're just four yeah. he- four voices in my head. Like you know. If they're not fully integrated yet. I apologize. It's crowded, and it's crowded it's crowd, in there. It's crowded. That's right. Um, Clyde, can you tell people how they can interact with us if they are watching live on YouTube this evening? If you're watching us live, then just send up a smoke signal. Last week, yep. it was carrier pigeons. This week, smoke signals. No. Type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we'll take a look at your message, your question, your comment. And when we get to that special time of the show, you'll know what it is when we get there and you want to let us know about your thoughts on this episode, just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, and we'll take a look at your thoughts. Do it. Thank you, Clyde, for making time for us this evening while you are on an away mission. We know it's a little bit late for you, so we'll hang out as long as you want to hang out. But I feel like it's most important for us to just get right on into it, and it is time for some... time for some hot breaks. Clyde, what do you think of this episode? Well, you know that I like this episode and you know that I like this episode not because of what it came together to be in the end and for all of the reasons why somebody might like an episode. For me, it was the sum of its parts were amazing, right? Just the parts themselves. So yes, we could talk about all of the cool ships and I mean, a Starfleet museum where we get to go one by one and see the ships. And there was a part in there where I was like, oh, they took a moment to really look at Voyager. Mariah's going to be so happy. <laughs> I was. I sang along with the theme song. Yeah, I know. I, 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 you know, I was like, you know, but we, we couldn't get an Enterprise E in there. Like there's like, no, no Enterprise E. So, still loved it. Loved everything. Um, but you know, you had me at at LaForge. And so I I love that dynamic. You've got a father who is, you know, he's got all this loyalty for his old captain, but he also is very much concerned about his daughter and trying to keep her safe. No, um, and all the little things along the way. um, Yeah, I really, I I like this episode. I enjoyed it. Paul, thoughts? I look at this episode and I compare it to last week's episode. And I feel like last week's episode felt like I like both of them. But last week's episode felt like it was 
in and of itself something. Whereas I felt like in this ep- uh, in this episode, they threw a lot of stuff that like felt like fan, you know, fan service, and like you know, just just let's smash it all in. Let's, like you know, we're gonna get you're gonna smash in here. You're gonna like it, and you go, I do like this, but like I know what you're doing. Uh, so uh, so it felt like a little bit of a buffet in that way that I I accept because I happen to like the, the, the elements of it but like I do recognize that it's blatant manipulation so blatant. Oh, you, you didn't like the Genesis the Genesis device that, I, that didn't I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna say I am your Genesis device warehouse policy talk. I was it was, it was on it was on the thing like it's all, all all smashed in you know all smashed in um yeah I think I agree with with both of y'all there was elements of this episode I really enjoyed I loved the, the LaForge family a lot I love the LaForge sisters um, I thought Jack and um, Seven's interactions this episode were lovely. Any scene with Worf in it was like top tier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think so far this felt like a little bit of a dip as far as like pushing. Although it's it's wild. It to me felt a little light on some plot points, mm-hmm. and um, which it's I feel spectacle. like we've. Yeah, it was very spectacle. It was lots of it. It felt like we got a lot of fun things, things I enjoyed, but then the reveal at the end, I was a little disappointed in. We can we can talk about that when we get to that point. But sure, sure. um, but overall, I'm still on board. I'm still having a good time. I feel like the the whole team up has now finally happened. We're at episode six, and now everyone has made an appearance. Although apparently, there's still one more big reveal next week, <gasps> according to the ready room. Oh wow, um, wow! That's so secretive. They couldn't even tell us who was guesting on the ready room next week because it would Tasha be Yar. a spoiler. It's got to be Denise Crosby. So we shall we shall see who that is. Um, but first, I wanted to jump in and talk about maybe one of my favorite things of this episode, which is Amanda Plummer as Vedic is still just like crushing it for me. Her villain speech at the top of this episode was like ten out of ten villain perfection i loved it what did y'all think of vedic in this episode <laughs> the, the taking the, the world by the, the the federation by throw 10 out of 10 perfection yeah. 10 out of 10 i loved it <laughs> no, I, I thought it was great i thought one of the things that was pretty i mean it it, it really verged on like uh what you call it uh villain monologue uh but you know but like she pulls it off Exactly. I was like, uh, it can, yeah, I was like, there's two versions of villains where it's like camp and it's not good. Mm-hmm. And then camp, it is good. And her mm-hmm. camp is good. Yeah. I, I think what she does is she really has chosen something specific and consistent within itself. So like, and in a way that you're like, oh, she's, she's playing a character, the character and the the character she's playing has her own worldview. And it's, it's you know, every time she pops up, uh, she's basically, she's like, a little bit like the Joker in some ways, like she's always giggling and you know, and, and kind, of, like, kind of crazy. And she has that appeal of the Joker in some ways. Uh, the, the, the thing, the, the thing that I caught was like uh, the what you call it the they, they shot uh, one of the elms at the what you call yeah. it. And uh, if they're all changelings, like you know, changelings have a real strong thing where you don't harm another changeling. So, you know, changelings don't harm changelings. You know, it was a big, big thing about it. In, she uh, shot a bunch of them this episode. <laughs> the, the, the two people in the day room were not changelings. Oh, okay. So, yeah. uh, and I'll, so, I'll, I'll just, 
I'm going to jump in and say, Paul, I love your Joker analogy. Um, I think a lot of times when you talk about villains, especially in sci-fi, you've got your typical kind of comedic sci-fi villain, and then you've got more of your thriller horror sci-fi villain, right? Mm -hmm. And the Joker Joker is interesting because when you think about the evolutions of the Joker throughout all of Batman, they vary, right? Like Jack Nicholson Joker was probably a little bit more comedic, even though it was dark, whereas Heath Ledger Batman was a little bit more thriller horror, right? It's just ahead of the curve. <laughs> and, I'm just ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I what I what was, I think impressed me about Vedic and this is that there's a thin line to keep it like to the tone. Mm-hmm. Without it being just too too comical, right? Because she hit all the tropes, sure. right? If one more of you says tells me what I already know, I'm gonna kill you, right? And then someone keeps talking, and she kills, right? Like it's she's a she's a, a goo of her word, um, right? Shippy says, I wonder, I don't think all the changelings can return to o, uh, OR form. Vedic calls her crew ill-defined, unshapen. Maybe there's something important about that. That is something to consider. Well, I don't um, think her crew, I don't think her crew is actually changelings. I think they're more like um, That's what I was wondering. The Hench- henchman vibes. Yes, they they do, they give off deep henchman vibes. And when we saw the changelings before, they had they were the um it's slipping my mind now. The the spiky head people. Um, there you go, Clyde. Jimadar. <laughs> the Jimadar. Yes, thank you. <laughs> the Jimadar. Spiky head people right, taking the the Federation by storm. It was right on Maybe the tip. Terry has said they are changelings. Apparently. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and Phil also brings up it's weird that Vedic and her crew are always in solid form in the privacy of their own ship. Uh, but I wonder like what, what is the relaxed version of a changeling, if not in a solid form? It's a goo, but like, you know, mm-hmm. the changelings never have to do anything because they usually have henchmen to do it. Like the Jemadar or the Vorta. Mm-hmm. So that so was funny. You guys missed my joke. You said, what is the relaxed form of a changeling? Sweatpants. I, I, sweatpants. I, like, They're like, out. No, no, no. I, I did you a mitzvah, Clyde. I did you a mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on from Vedic, who I am enjoying this uh, this season um, and this episode especially. I'm so glad we finally got to see um, her off of the ship, even just for a moment before we're right back to it. But um, we get the big kind of reunion at the transporter deck. Jordy LaForge comes on board. Worf is on board. Um, but of these reunions, which I thought all of those were very nice, I was a little disappointed in this, the Rafi and Seven interactions. I feel like we got like one small acknowledgement and then a good joke by Worf, and that was it. It was a great joke by yeah. Worf, actually. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, like, I, I, like so, so how many times have been together and off again? Like, I know. mean, they, they seem to have been like, on and then off ish and then on ish and now off but so so, so how many times is that going to happen where you're going to like oh this, like, it's, it's going to be awkward right 
Right. I think I just, I wanted a private moment between the two of them and yeah. we never got that this episode. I feel like everyone else kind of got a little one-on-one moment with those that they've had sure, sure, sure. like yeah. tensions with and they did not get that same opportunity. I think the thing that, that I was looking for was the stakes, right? Yeah. Because what we're talking about is we're talking about two people who recently were together and now you're in this moment, you're fighting together understanding that basically the fate of the world is at stake, right? Like you, you might not make it. Like there may not be a tomorrow. So this might be your last opportunity yeah. to, to just be like, hey, I just want to check in. Like a lot's been going on. Like I almost died. You almost died. You okay? Like there's just a moment. And it, I didn't feel like we, we got any of that. It's just like, like I have a heartbreak. break. Yeah, I'm good. Hot freak uh, attack, go. Uh, like, I believe that Seven and Ralphie should not be together. They should never be together. She is, like, way too dedicated and emotionally unavailable. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not Paul. Cool. <laughs> not cool. Not cool. I will not live for this Seven this, and Ralphie slander. Disrespect. Disrespect. <laughs> No, no, but, but like I mean, like if you just break it down, you know, it, you know, none, neither of them are capable of really. But isn't that giving, why they should be together? I, I'm just saying, like you know, like like it, it, they like, found love in a hopeless place, Paul. Hey, 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 this is this is <laughs> to quote the beautiful Rihanna. I'm just saying, like you know, like I'm taking my glasses as I'm making the point. You know, okay. like <laughs> there wasn't going to be a happy ending for those two. Uh, it, it it just wasn't going to happen. That you know, they're just too they're too similar. You know, it, I, ooh, that's interesting. I was actually thinking they're too dissimilar, right? Okay. Like Seven is focused, and Rafi is all over the place. Oh, Ra- so Ra- maybe maybe that's why they work. But I also could see it driving Seven absolutely nuts. Uh, for me, like I look at Seven, and uh, granted, I haven't seen her for thirty years, so there's been some growth since Voyager. But she still seems to be like an emotionally repressed, somewhat angry person. You're gonna say that after we got that beautiful <laughs> monologue about Voyager this episode? Oh, because she goes like, "Oh, I used to live there." Because of that, I mean, I thought you were going to get kicked out of the show again. So yeah, and I, 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 I like Rob. I just don't think that they. I, I even enjoy watching them together. I don't think that as people, if they were my friends, I would go, "Hey, you know, you guys are bad for each other, right?" That's the hot freak. I, I, I preface this, right? I preface. I know. This. I uh, know. Um, I will. I will let that be entertained for now. <laughs> Until we're given oh, that, that's some, better situation. That's some Emperor Giorgio vibe, Captain. <laughs> Here's what I heard. I'll tell you what I heard in that exchange. Clyde, be ready to do the show with just me and you. It. It's more like, no, uh, Terry, uh, Metallus, I need some more romance. Or not even romance. I just need some queer rep in the Picard canon right now because it's 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 slim pickings. Slim pickings. <laughs> I mean, you're right. There's not there's there's almost no romance in this show right now. No, 
There's none. Well, well, and not, I mean, I mean, there's I there's a little bit. Riker, I saw but... a little bit between between Jack and Crash. There was yeah, a little yeah. bit of like. I wanted to talk about this. That trio, I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, Jack, yeah. Sydney, and um, Alondra. I found them to be a really fun little grouping. I love Alondra's like, let's reset the phasers here. Everyone is trying to be like, Jack, we see you. We see your your charming Picardy ways. We mm-hmm. hear your charming accent. You can't get this, sister. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to get my sister, Sydney. Um but yeah, I found the three of them really fun. I wish we got to see them like yeah. uh, La Love it. Uh, the La Crush has started. Um, but I wish we got to see their hijinks. There was like moments this episode where I was like, oh, I, I want to tag along on their adventure more mm-hmm. than some of the stuff I'm seeing on screen. I, I was thinking if that's the kernel of a spinoff, sign me up. Yeah. A hundred percent. I was like, oh, if we have like Seven and Rafi and Jack and the LaForge sisters, and then we get some fun like guest star moments from our our, ne- our next gen while we're watching the next next gen, it's going to be a good time. Ooh, Star Trek, the next next gen. I think he's already said he wants to call it Star Trek Legacy, but I don't think he's checked that, that was already the name of a video game. Um, is what Terry Metellus has said. I'm telling you, next, next gen. Next, next gen. Um, I did want to talk about, um, I thought it was really cute to see Shaw fanboy out on Jordy LaForge. Um, and so I wanted to ask y'all if you've ever had a big fanboy moment where you are similar to Shaw, where you're just like, hi, I'm going to stumble over my words because I really appreciate you. <laughs> huh. Let me, let me think about this. I have not. Um, I like to pride myself not getting like starstruck. Mm-hmm. However, LeVar Burton might do it. Like, especially if I was caught unprepared. It's different if you're going somewhere and you're expecting to see him. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I had a friend once and we were at um, we we're at a Whole Foods in Connecticut. And we turned around and Tracy Ellis Ross was standing next to us, right? And she's a huge Tracy Ellis Ross fan. And she was like, you're you're, you. (laughs) (laughs) And I had never seen her act like that. So I would imagine if I was standing somewhere at like a Home Depot, right? Or Target and I turn around, right? And LeVar Burton is there, you know, buying a hammer or something i might i might get caught off guard and lose it for a second might happen yeah at, I, at star trek day i managed to take a picture with michelle Hurd, and then she was like did you want to take a picture with jerry and we turned around and there was jerry ryan but she was like about to walk off and i was like i uh, 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 and i just i just short-circuited and nothing happened <laughs> Like for me, like uh, you know, I saw a movie with uh, uh, Bob Picardo, and so like we were at a party, and he brought Captain Janeway. Oh my god! And, and he introduced, and I was like, "Hi, <laughs> hello, Kate Mulgrew." <laughs> hi. Short circuits. <laughs> That's right. Hi, hi. That yeah. would be tough. I, I mean, I think Kate, <laughs> Kate might throw me a little bit. To be yeah. honest. Yeah, like she, she, she's very lovely. She's very lovely. Oh, and, I have no doubt about yeah, it. But and, I mean, th- this is the gravitas. And yeah, uh, 
she it, she walks. I, I for some reason I think I would do better with uh, Jean Luc or even Kirk, but for some reason it just it, it was just so unexpected. And like, oh, by the way, I brought my friend. I brought my friend. <laughs> so, um, you know, you, I think I, just I a think casual. I've, I brought my I friend. I, I feel like I've seen so much of Patrick Stewart in things. I oh. don't know that I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I, like I, I'd stumble. And definitely, Shatner, un, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, is the butt of too many jokes. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. But I will tell you, Kate and Cisco. Oh yeah! It, it's something about those theater actors that walk mm-hmm. in with, sure. like, like, walk right? in with a di- with a dignity. Yes, <laughs> like a, a, a distinguishedness. Like, and if he just came in and was like, you know, I I might short circuit a minute and be like, no words would come out. It's just being, yeah. Well, we all have our fan fan person moments, um, and hopefully, we'll get to have more of them soon. Um, let's go ahead and dig into our adventure onto the Daystrom station, um, where I cannot believe we did not have peanut hamper time. Uh, every but week. I, I do know why. Peanut hamper is technically stored at the Daystrom Institute, and this not, was the Daystrom not the bl- station. It, not the black site. Black. But, you know, I uh, I was I was really sad. I was really sad. Very well done. Again, didn't see it coming. How did you not see that coming? That was I mean, like I've been I tweeting. We were, I've been tweeting peanut hamper memes all day. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about Moriarty and the Crow and that. So no, I was preoccupied. And again, oh, yeah. we'll get I'm to very that. Tired. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about before we get to Moriarty, um, the list of things that they encounter as they're sort of walking through. Um, this X-Files-esque sort of uh, museum of of haunted things of Star Trek past. So we have the Genesis um, machine device, device yeah, uh-huh. from Wrath of Khan. Um, there's Kirk's remains, which means that they went and dug them up well, and the, the, put the, them in no, there. They, they need to dig them up, right? Because like, uh, oh yeah, they did because Picard buried him. Picard buried him, yeah. That's right. Um, so they dug up Kirk's remains, um, and then we have the genetically altered um, tribbles. Tribbles, yeah. Which look horrific. They look horrific, and and really, if you let that thing out, it would be terrible because, like, they eat, they breathe, they eat. It'd be destruction. Over, it'd be over. The fact that that exists is now going to forever live in the back of my mind. Of like, what is the most terrifying thing that could take over a planet? It's a genetically yeah. altered triple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like attack triple. Oh my god! Like like I, I was going Riker when Riker was making a joke about it. I go like, you're not understanding the gravitas of this situation. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that was that, there was that reaction from Worf was was warranted. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, yes, so we do get uh, the big reveal that Moriarty is not the key to the whole system, but is instead uh, a hologram that um, Data slash B4 slash Lol slash Lore slash Alan Soong um, unleashes once he uh, realizes. It's not, it's not even Moriarty. It's just like a hollow memory of Moriarty. Exactly. So I was like, ah. That did seem like a toss in a little bit. Like, like it took me a while. Like I, it, I when I watched it the second time, I go like, "Why is he even doing this?" Hmm. 
no, why the bird? Why the song? Why why the Moriarty? And I go, oh, because he, he scanned, he saw Riker, and he goes like, is this Riker or is this a changeling? Mm-hmm. And only Riker would know these. He, only Riker would be able to put those together. That's a changeling test. That's a good call, Paul. That's a yeah. great call, Paul. Yeah, I, I didn't come up with it. I, it just took me two two episodes to realize. It. <laughs> I know, but I hadn't put those dots together either. I was no. just like, oh, that's a weird security feature. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean uh, that that makes it seem a lot better than where I was at, and I was just like, "This is this is random. This is another just pull, a nostalgic." I mean, the next thing you know, you're gonna have minuet in there. So yeah, like exactly. Just, but this make that makes much more sense. Thanks, Paul. It's great. great yeah, yeah. Uh, am I back on next episode? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who, 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 knows? who knows? I got yeah. out of the penalty box. Stay nice. Stay nice, Paul. <laughs> yes. I would watch the the Rafi Seven comments, and you should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, but yeah, I, I do feel like they picked Moriarty for the trailer. Yeah. You know, like, uh, so mm-hmm. it, it could have been uh, so many other things, but like you know. Uh, but I think the trailer made it so that because like you know the trailer Moriarty is really well no I I still see how it's associated with data but like but like it's just it was for a trailer and I accept that but like you know but I feel a little cheated because Moriarty isn't coming back it's, it was a throwaway right yeah yeah so just a little cheated it's okay but like you know I mean- it. It's probably for the best with only 10 episodes that we are eliminating the possibilities of like, sure, you know, sure. we're, we're focusing in our details here, uh, exactly, which I appreciate. Exactly. Um, uh, speaking of which, so we get the data before law lore, Alan soon conglomerate into um, one, one synth body. Uh, what did y'all think of their decision to make him one, the, the, the supercomputer of Daystrom? And then two, how they have once again figured out a way to bring data back from the dead. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this. So to answer your first question, if you're limited and you have that option to go, hey, what super technological thing should we do that ultimately is going to destroy the entire universe? Let's definitely hook up a our security and supercomputer to the best piece of AI that existed and combine that with a failed AI, the kind of personality, soul of a genius, and the memories and personality of a psychopath. That is, I mean, this is Terminator. Like, that's a truly stupid idea. But I can understand how somebody was like, "Yeah, let's do this. This will make a lot of sense." And what would what what would a Star Trek show be without Brent Spiner? I mean, at this point, I'm expecting him to be in every season, every every like series at some point. I um I feel like it made sense for that um like for that synth to exist because of Alan Soong and like how all of that kind of went down to me, that made sense yes. as far as like <clears throat> the Soong characterization and like what he probably would have done as a scientist. What I don't think makes sense is having that be your supercomputer. I feel like if it was, Oh, we plugged him in and he somehow has access to everything. Sure. 
Um, but it being the end all be all to me was like a little, a little iffy in my brain. If you had taken out lore, maybe. Right. But like, this is like, like if, if I could just turn off your camera, Clive. I know. I don't have that. Paul, I know you like lore. That's not that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is it's <laughs> I dare I say it. It is like peanut hamper. Right. <gasps> and the idea is. Interesting, interesting character, but you don't hook a villain into your secure your your black site security system like at the end of the day lore is a villain you you want to isolate lore and not ha- let him have access to anything you're gonna the security of a black site that's a bad that's a dumb idea um King asked do you think they'll kill data again on screen I don't think so but my question which is the same as P.W. Gregory's, is why wouldn't you take data instead of Picard's body? Oh, I have, I have a theory on this. Please. Oh, yeah. Why do you think they've I'm... taken Picard's body? Okay, We're going to so jump right to the end, y'all. So if uh, you haven't watched the episode, I don't know why you're listening or watching this, but <laughs> hopefully you now know the thing that they stole uh, okay, was Picard's so he, 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 Here are the breadcrumbs that, uh, that I, I've seen throughout the, what's it called? I've the seen uh, them talk about Picard, po- thank you. Positronic body. Mm-hmm. They, they they mentioned that like synth body, blah blah. blah. They talk about um, we see the the what do you call it the um, the changeling, the new changelings able to be, be different. Fully, like, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And and we sh- see a change of behavior in the changelings. Correct. In a way that I, I so like in my mind, like you know, I feel like the changelings have found a way to infect people and like take over their bodies or whatever, or, or merge with them in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you have this new ability to do all this stuff as such, because like of Picard's aromatic syndrome, like the, he, he has an overclocked brain as like, you know, as they said in 10, uh, in what you call it today. In, in ten forward, when Jack finds out he has the same, yeah, yeah, like in in syndrome, in, yeah. in, in, in guy in his bars, mm-hmm. you know, and so I wonder if like uh, because of his over overclocked brain, you know, whatever is affecting if, if if my theory of like changeling interaction is correct, like that's in making Jack immune to that, and they need Picard's you know uh, DNA with Air Max syndrome in order to combat. Jack's overclockedness, so that maybe like the, like you know the 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 changeling that has infected Jack is like the king changeling or queen changeling or whatever or regal or whatever. So so mm-hmm. I, that's why it's so important for them to get this Jack back. So you're that, thinking that it's the Picard's remains are the antidote. Like they it's need like, to go look at look. They, they need to go look at his remains to decipher his aromatics what i call it aromatic syndrome it's not that but like it's you know aromatic syndrome yeah uh, um so, so i that, also that's, agree that's with my that. hot take that's, that's yeah. my hot take it's like theory yeah i agree with chippy i don't think the it's as straightforward as jack's uh, as crusher thinks it is um with like what's going on with him through the scan um i do wonder you know with the brain I guess they still don't have scans as to like why um, 
they can't figure out if they're a changeling without cutting into people yet. Um, and then uh, Anon again, they took Locutus. We are going to see a Borg, Borg changeling link. They've been dropping hints all season, just my opinion. That's I'm curious about. Same. Um, like, like, yeah, you're right. They've been dropping, they've been definitely dropping hints all season. I'm I'm curious as if this is a a Borg connection. Um, and then that would be interesting. I mean, Mariah, my thoughts, like I've, I've watched this episode twice and the whole idea that they took Picard's remains didn't really land with me either time. And so what I'm trying to do is give benefit of the doubt and say, yeah, because we talked about this last season too. It was like, all right, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I'm really, really expecting that there's going to be a big payoff. I'm hoping that there's a big payoff this time around, right? So let's see. And, you know, we don't have that many episodes, so hopefully we'll get there soon. Yeah. I've been having a good time with the episodes thus far, so I'm going to trust that this reveal is going to pay off in a larger way than just, like, a random changeling has, like, a bandetta against Picard and decided to steal his body. And, like, what does this all have to do with Frontier Day? And there's been a lot of talk of legacy. You know, there's the Soong um monologue that we got this episode we had the picard monologue at the top and so um you know i think it was important don't, that when don't forget about the other reveal we've got everybody together including yeah. deanna yeah so everyone's together um but shaw points out that when picard's like well yes we did something bad as starfleet but we also delivered the antidote right when um from from if folks remember from or don't remember from deep space nine there was a big plot um through line where the uh the um section 31 right developed uh essentially a virus that infected the changelings um and then starfleet then also provided the antidote but shaw pointed out that it didn't you know even though they did all those things you still made some zealots in the process right Mm -hmm. which I have to say is probably one of the first points and what I think I've been missing a bit this season is my favorite Star Trek is Star Trek that's commenting on what's happening in our current environment, right? It's taking Mm. what's sort of happening and processing it through the world of sci-fi. And I feel like we haven't had a lot of that this season. It's been very focused on like the world that was already established in next generation a bit. Um, And so that line was one of the first indicators where I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And this is a little bit of a reach, but it's just been on my brain. It's the big, it's the anniversary of the Iraq war, of the start of the Iraq war. And so it's interesting to me to have this commentary about like, if you view Starfleet, you know, as like the United States and freedom and Navy and all these things. And then you have Shaw who's pointing out like, yeah, they can represent all these things, but you're also going to create enemies when you make these big big mistakes right and not even mistakes like purposeful acts that are harming people along the way i think what Um, you're saying though like is basically you are now the biggest shaw fan great i've uh, liked shaw for a while now no no no, no. i'm saying i'm just saying like you know i'm I'm a big shaw fan and we know that clyde has feelings listen i actually like shaw more in this episode than any other episode to be honest with you any other episode because he yeah. got to be your voice as a as a fan of Jordan before. Av- <laughs> what it what it is is he's he he had zero jerky moments in this episode, right? Like he wasn't throwing anybody under the bus. 
He wasn't spiteful. He wasn't like he actually was a starship captain where he's asking questions. He had a little fanboy moment that I I, I understood, right? But he you know, everything he did was in line with what what you kind of expect somebody to, to be. So I I actually liked Shaw. Um, and then to your point, Mariah, and he commented, he made these comments that I thought were accurate. Like he, he, he and he's, I guess the issue for me is he does a really good job of taking the shine off of the make-believe, right? Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because when you go back to the, you know, the late 80s, 90s track, we looked at it as this perfect space Western kind of science show where these cowboys are great. And from day one, Shaw has been bringing it to a much more 2020s, like pull that shine off. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you what's really happening. Like you can't do this stuff. You, You know, you can't, ride on the ride in a town on a horse and shoot people and it'd be okay yeah right yeah. even if they were wearing a black hat you can't do that and so i think it's i think for me i'm gonna say yeah, yeah, wait 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 let me let, let me let me just like okay okay Clyde, you can go now i might have been reacting to the fact that he was doing it to my heroes <laughs> and i feel better and it makes more sense when that snark is aimed at something outside of the lovable characters that I like. So when he aimed it at Starfleet as a whole, I kind of was like, he ain't wrong. <laughs> so what I'm hearing, Clyde, is you say you are absolutely wrong about Shaw. You, you, you see the light. He is, he is now, it's Shaw, Peanut Hamper, Picard. Which is <laughs> okay. It, I'm really proud of you, Clyde. You're a good man. You're a brave man. You're a strong man. I want you to know that. He he is somewhere between my least favorite and second least favorite captain. I mean, I mean, it's a it's hard to figure out who's on the bottom, but he might not be on the bottom. I might he might not be on the bottom. I don't. Um, and I would say he was on the bottom, but then Chupi and Marge would get mad at me, and I I don't need that smoke. Yeah, we're good. Let's let's, uh, let's move on to another question, uh, which uh, Chupi brings up uh, that um, the she specifically says they will bring changelings unity, rest, and silence. This group isn't just a bunch of rebels. Um, Chupi thinks they can't link, which could be a very interesting. Perhaps they need Borg technology to link back to the great. Oh, link! If, if you combine my theory with Chupi's theory, like you know, mm-hmm. the cost, the cost of, you know, of like inhabiting a solid body is they're unable to to link. That's that's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting, Chupi. I like that. Super interesting. Um, the other big reveal you mentioned it early, Clyde, was that um, Troy has been captured. Potentially, Troy. Um, there is always the potential that it is changeling Troy, but I feel like at this this late in the game, I don't think it could be a changeling. Do you know what I mean? Especially because sure. we got that big speech um, at the top from Vedic about, you know, let's find every contact that Picard has ever had and let's go after them. You know, so I feel like she's definitely space pirate enough to be like, we're going to be taking some prisoners of war here. Yeah, but and I also think that like. You know, if we know that changelings struggle, like they're 
their kryptonite, if you will, is their ability to know the details of a person's mm-hmm. like past. The last thing you want to do is to Im- impersonate somebody's spouse. Right. That that is going to get unraveled way too fast. Yeah. Like he's going to be like, whoa. You, you know, he's going to call you a pet name and you're not going to respond in the way you normally respond. And that charade will be over fast. So, no, I think this is actually the real, the real, real do Troy. Still, do you still call her counselor Troy or no? I don't remember what her highest rank was before. Um, L- Lieutenant Commander, wasn't it? Well, yes. Lieutenant Commander. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lieutenant Commander Troy. Um, uh, like, like, speaking of rank, did anyone notice that it's Commodore LaForge? Yes. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's higher ranked than Riker. Yeah, because Riker's only a captain. Yeah, just, but not, uh, but below Picard still, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought that was back. interesting. I thought that was interesting. Does anyone know what commander or commodore means? Like I, admiral basically means you you are over many ships or mo- more than one ship. Yeah, like. Like I think Commodore, uh, like I remember in an old Star Trek episode where the Commodore was uh, kind of like a. It's a, a, apparently oh between captain and uh, rear admiral, admiral and navy talk, but so I would, I would assume between captain and admiral. But, but basically, like this com this Commodore was, had jurisdiction over the the Enterprise if like Kirk couldn't. Uh, uh, do something within like 24 hours. And this is where like Spock and McCoy were like, you know, stuck on a planet and Kirk was searching for them. And the Commodore said, you got to go now. And because he outranked them and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So, so there you go. Uh, maybe the, you know, the ship museum got him the extra bump. Potential. Um, speaking of the ship museum, I thought we could go through the ships that were included. Um, sure. So we had the New Jersey 1975, which apparently is named for Terry Metalis's place of birth. Um, and then we have the Defiant, which I found to be a nice little nod to Worf and uh, the OG um, uh, War. What did uh, the Dominion War? Dominion. I was like, not the Defiant War, <laughs> the Dominion yeah. War. I got stuck on D words. Uh, and then we had, I thought, a really interesting moment um, where Jack fanboys out over Kirk's Enterprise. And kind of, uh, I, I find it interesting that Jack has such an admiration for Kirk um, and yet such a disdain for uh, Starfleet in a way. And it's what, a different start, I think, though. Like, you know, like, like yeah. back then, like it, it was like Cowboy Starfleet, much more like what Jack does as opposed to rules and regulations Starfleet, which what Picard did as opposed to near fascist, which is now. Well, I mean, and that's interesting because I would I want to agree with you, but according to your boy Shaw, Picard is just as cowboy. Literally, he called him a cowboy, mm-hmm. a cowboy as Kirk. Well, but I, I do I, think that we looked at 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 Picard much more as by the book. Yeah, I, I think the way that I would see it is like you know, Picard would see uh, Kirk as a as a rogue. Shaw sees Picard as a rogue. So Shaw, by cumulative, what was what, that? Distributive property, the like Shaw would think like you know uh, Kirk with an anarchist. <laughs> Maybe uh, I would like to hear Shaw's opinions about Kirk at some point. 
Um, but yeah, I, and then we get, I think one of my favorite moments, which is a very lovely, um, seven sort of reminisce about her time on, on Voyager and some beautiful, nicely new rendered shots of our, of, of my favorite ship. Um, and I, and I really enjoyed that. So thank you for that. I, I enjoyed my fan service. I got it. I, you gave it to me. I took it. I ate it all up. Num, 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 That's right. <laughs> what's the Voyager's class what's it called what it's called intrepid class right intrepid class yeah yeah um and then of course we get the title ship of this episode which is the bounty uh which i thought that was a very clever way for them to grab that little piece of technology we are just gonna always reference this damn whales are whales they're always coming baby Peanut like, hamper in the whales, whales. will peanut, live forever. <laughs> that you know what? When you guys start a band, that is that's going peanut to be ha- the name. Hamper in the whales. <laughs> peanut hamper in the whales. <laughs> if I ever get to go to a convention or a, a con or something, and there's a karaoke or a uh, um, like a <laughs> trivia night, that's the name of my trivia team. <laughs> peanut hamper in the whales. The whales. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I was curious though, like you know, so like. The Klingon Empire just leaves them that that ship for you know. Well, it sank to the years. bottom, and then yeah. it was like cloaked, so they couldn't find it. And then apparently, you know, it is sitting outside of the Federation's um, headquarters in San Francisco. Well, I mean, so. but but, but that, I feel like that's you know, it's like if the U.S. found like the but HMS. the Klingons are part of the Federation now. Right. That's not a true statement. Nope, that's not a true statement. I, I don't. I don't believe it's true. Like you know, like the Romulans are gone, but like the Empire is the Empire, right? That's true. And, and for for Worf to say superior Klingon technology, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. That was and good. with I'm with Chippy Finders Keepers. There you go. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> there here, there, there's there, my there, big there. discussion point for the episode, y'all. There, there, All there, right, there so the remains. In there, and this brings up, uh, you know, especially because yes, you are correct that the Klingons are not a part of that. I don't know why that came out of my mouth, and now I feel dumb. Um, <laughs> that they're not a part of the Federation. I'm just watching Worf, I'm like, what do you mean they're not <laughs> right there? Um, anyway, so I think it's interesting, especially because Picard's also super into archaeology. Mm-hmm. is I feel some type of way about these places that are holding on to technology, artifacts and things that are not theirs. Like, I think it's so weird that these places have the remains of captains stored in these facilities. Like, well, it's very strange. It's like, I find it strange when I go to museums and they also have remains from other cultures and I'm just like, give it back. (laughs) Like, I I feel that, you know, I, I don't, I don't, expect them to have all captains. I think like just iconic captains for, for some reason, you know, I don't know why, because they want to clone Kirk eventually or, or Picard. I, I don't know. But as far as like the stuff that they've taken, like, you know, uh, that we saw, right. We saw the Genesis device. Yeah. Which, those things are all fine because huh? those are like weapons of mass destruction or like things that they have in, in, in still created. But uh-huh. it goes back to the point of why did they have that Klingon ship and it wasn't like returned? Like, like that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, like I, I'm, I'm thinking like you look at the Defiance going like, does it still have that Romulan cloaking device? I don't know. I, I, I hope not. <laughs> so, I guess, Mariah, I see your point and I, I have a similar point in that all of these things are dangerous. 
And and you you have them in places where you're begging someone. Like they're all contained in one place. <laughs> well, Spread them out. So if, if you look at it, like one. Like the horse. Oh, you say, oh, yes. You say, uh, you're like, oh, look. It's the Starfleet Horcruxes. Sorry. Yes. You say, look, it's the Genesis device. No, this thing is a terrible thing. You should not have it anywhere. It should be destroyed. What? I mean, forever. I, why? It's definitely, it's, it, it, it makes life. And destroys a planet. Why would you have a, an attack Tribble? The Tribble episode is one of the most horrifying episodes <laughs> in all of Star Trek, can- like Star Trek canon. Like, wh- you assume that, for instance, Moriarty's gunshot was just a little bit left, hit that Tribble, that attack Tribble glass, broke. Now your entire daystream station is is a hot mess. I'm I mean, just I saying. guess if there's only one triple, it can't reproduce, right? But well, it's still no, 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 no. It that's oh, it. Absolutely it can. All you need is one. It's born that's pregnant. It's... it's born pregnant, and if you eat, it eats a little. It makes six. So <laughs> gremlin theories. Um. Not, not no, 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 no. That's that's canon. Yeah, I know. I know. But but also, if you think about Mariah, what you talked about before is like this 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 bird of prey, right? So, yes, we saw Jack steal a cloaking device, but you mean to tell me that no one before this could have done that? You were asking for this to happen, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I'm with you on the fact that some of this stuff is dangerous technology. Um, and to your question about museums, I'm much more into replicates, right? Like, have a, re- a, a replicate of something. If the idea is learning, and I don't know that I have to see the actual real thing to be able to learn about it. Yeah. I mean, this, I was like, I can go on forever. I, I did my undergrad in art history. So I have a lot of opinions about museums and exhibitions and where artifacts end up um, because, you know, hashtag colonialism really uh, fucked up a lot of shit for lack of a better term. Um, so it's like Facts. you know, you could have all of that stuff could go back and there are things called traveling exhibits i've been to plenty of them they're delightful mm-hmm. the people who uh act that culture that that is a part of still have that object it is theirs and it lives with them and they take care of it and get to decide who gets to see it and when what a concept it, it's um, it's like the uh the scene in the first black panther movie oh yeah where <laughs> Killmongers in the museum. He's like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna take it off your hands for you." Mm-hmm. Like looking at that and kind of tracing that back. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Mariah. Like a traveling, I think traveling exhibits are great. I think I I just yeah, I'm with you. Anyway, we could go on forever. Yeah, it could also be in a book, <laughs> reading rainbow. Okay, hologram. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Yes. So so I don't. I feel like we have not discussed the best line in the episode, which is Riker saying, excellent use of the word burgle. <laughs> that was actually I I did think that was the best, like the best line until he looked at Worf in the transport and said we're all gonna die. Yeah. That I thought was Riker had some fun one-liners yeah. this episode. Yeah. This so is he, a good well, and, and here's what I liked about the burgle the burgle line. It there were two pieces. So one, it was Riker saying it, 
And then it was Shaw. Exactly the reaction looking, of the Shaw. You're like, like, like yeah, yeah. That sealed it for me. Like Shaw's reaction, I was like, yeah, that guy's growing on me a little bit. <laughs> he, he's he's one of the gang now. Yeah. It was uh yeah, some good, some good Riker lines. We got to see Riker get beat up and questioning, really delivering it to us. We had some pew-pews. We had some space battle action. This really gave us quite a lot. I did think it was interesting, and I think someone brought it up in the chat. We've kind of been using the same sets over and over again these last uh, almost the entire season, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that means we get some really extravagant stuff happening in, these, in this back half because we saved the budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Or the whole budget went paying all these guest actors to come on. <laughs> I, I know we're, we're Which, just talking money about. well spent money well yeah. spent yeah yeah i, I think march sums up i think what my feelings were about this whole cloaking device <laughs> yeah jordy was irresponsible for leaving the cloaking device on that ship <laughs> like Fair. The, the, the truth is why why did you leave it intact what you <laughs> but, but I, I would say this though like you know like if all the ships are like functional like like say like the Bal- uh, Valstar Galactica. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, whether it be, like, a phaser bank or, like, photon torpedoes or or whatever, like, you know, it's all, like, starships are are dangerous. So, like, the fact that it's a cloaking device. The only reason why I mention it for a cloaking device is because it's the only Federation, the two legally owned Federation, you know, well, cloaking devices. So, here's the deal. So, in, in there's a battle, like, I, I've I've been to... I think it's the USS Intrepid in New York, and there's another another one in San Diego. I've walked through these these museums, right? So this is a actual battleship that's decommissioned and is set up so that you can walk through it and understand what it's like to be on a battleship. You know what they don't have on these battleships? Live <laughs> munitions. Okay. <laughs> but I bet those boats could still uh um i was about to say fly and i was like that's not a wrong world yes you could still drive those boats they could still sail that's uh, maybe but so i'm not saying you you take the war bird or the bird of prey apart Uh right but the cloaking device should not be connected maybe it's an integral part of the power system to the ship if they are they they just took it so if it was then that thing should have blown up like I, I, all I know is like you need to reset your phasers, buddy. I mean, maybe it wouldn't blow up; it just turns off, and maybe they like to keep the power on for these yeah, tours, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, like, like this is not this is not a true like I, you know, I, I, I I'm with you guys. I'm just I'm just messing around, like you know, no, I'm just I being attack dribble. Feel like this episode is a lot like the sh- the show itself. There are lots of parts. I don't know that we've strung a consistent theme from beginning to end, but. Oh, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I feel like at the end of this at this episode, I'm really just like, I need to know more about why they took Picard's body. I don't think Jack is cured. I'm excited everybody's on screen. I'm ready for more Wharf one-liners, and I'm 100% ready for the seven Rafi, Jack, LaForge sister spinoff. No, I, I'm really excited about like finding the big bad of this season. You know, like, uh, like who, 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 who's, who's the risk guy? Who's like, the floating blobhead that's giving yeah. uh, all the yeah, orders? Yeah. yeah, you know, and, and you know, and, I think it's a pack lid to to quote. Oh, you, are you gonna you're gonna play that? You're gonna you, you, that's a dangerous thing for you to play. 
I mean, I think we, I think we all know who the true floating head is. There, there we Peanut go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice yeah. It's uh, Peanut Hamper is the big bad forever and ever and always. Um, anything else y'all wanted to talk about in this episode? I think no, we need to get, a... get to watch the next one. Like, I'm just yeah. super excited. I'm excited. Especially if it's going to be a super cameo. Like, you know, that Ro mm-hmm. Laren cameo, like, you know, that, that, that episode, like, knocked me out. It yeah. knocked me out. So, like, if they have something like that again, OMG. I'm ready. Fa- set- Phaser's set to stunning. Let's That's do it. That's right. Exactly. Phaser's <laughs> is stunning indeed. Because I'm, I'm... Anyway. Let's do it. All right. Clyde, anything else? No, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> That is it for us this evening. I think our brains are ready to power down quicker uh, than a cloaking device on a stolen ship. Uh, Thank you all so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We really appreciate you tuning in live or listening to the audio podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week to talk about the seventh episode of Picard. Uh, you can visit and find all of our links at startrekpod.co for our Twitter and uh, where to subscribe, review, Patreon, all that good stuff. Thanks, Karen, for helping us with um, the Twitter. We appreciate you so much. And I appreciate all the peanut hamper uh, memes you made for me today. They were great. Uh, and we will see you all <laughs> next time. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Live long and prosper, everyone. Bye-bye, everybody.